0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor in chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host Trevor Stores, the full press coverage and rep district hey how are you doing Trev oh how I'm doing great man how are you doing I am doing fantastic thank you for asking Trev but yeah, you know man. what before we go in I have to ask you because you know March Madness has ended you know yeah. massive shake-ups in Turney, but we end up with we end up with this this ridiculous uh, showdown between UNC and Kansas like nothing ever went wrong right you know you had those shake-ups Three one seeds going out early. Saint Peter's going to the lead eight, and what happens? Kansas versus UNC, and Kansas wins it. What a bummer! But let me ask you, what are your thoughts on March Madness? First of all, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot because I gotta ask you about Skybar a little bit. Uh, I thought
0: it was a great tournament this year. Not that many, uh, you know, crazy buzzer beaters and stuff, but there's a lot of crazy upsets for sure. So yeah. I, I thought, you know, from being a year removed of March Madness for the COVID, I thought it bounced back
1: pretty well, pretty nicely. Yeah. I agree, but I kind of wish there was a bigger upset in the finals, you know what I mean? Like, right. let's, yeah. Like, the, the one HP to make it there is UNC. Give me a break. I mean, you'll make it there, like, every fifth year, right? I mean, give me a break. Um, but anyway, it was really fun, and obviously the last game was kind of fun. Uh, Kansas did come back and win that one, so that's cool. Hey, I know i got to ask you about Skybar because I know we talked pre-show about how super busy it was, you got to tell us, you know, what was the most popular drink that you had to serve during March Madness? Well, I,
0: I came up with four different cocktails um, oh. playing college in the final four. So I, had a, I yeah. had a Nova Wildcat, I had a Jayhawk, I had a Blue Devil, and then I had a Tarnotini. And honestly, the Tarnotini was the one that sold the most. That, and then post second was Nova Wildcat. Nova wow.
1: Wildcat, bourbon-based cocktail, and the uh, Tarnotini was a vodka. Well, I can get bored of the bourbon cocktail. That sounds awesome. That I mean, I'm, I'm, that has my vote right off the bat. Right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. But
1: um, but that is some that is some really good. That is amazing stuff. I mean, like uh, I, I can tell you, that, that's got to be. Fun. I mean, if I had a bar and I don't everybody, but uh, but Trev does. If I had a bar, that'd be the best thing ever. Making your own drinks. That's got to be super yeah. fun.
0: It is, it really is. It's very creative. It's very. Fun, yeah, it's, it's amazing.
1: And people it's want amazing. to buy it. That's amazing. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh that's my hard. god. Want to They're paying it. you yeah. money for it, Trev. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, that's it. Now I feel really bad. So let's go talk about football, <laughs> all right? Because we have plenty to talk about today, including Bruce Arian stepping down and top Bowles stepping in, mega extensions for Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and Devonte Adams, and what that might mean for Terry McLaurin. The blockbuster trade of draft picks between the Eagles and the Saints, our thoughts on the upcoming NFL draft, new overtime rules of the playoffs, and much, much more. Let's get this rolling. All right, let's start with Bruce Arians stepping down and Todd Bowles stepping up because the Super Bowl winning head coach Bruce Arians is retiring from coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and taking a position of the team's front office. Defensive coordinator Todd Bowles was named Arians' successor. Under Arians, the Buccaneers went 7-9 in 2019 to NFL champions the following season, defeating the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9 in Super Bowl 55. In defense of their title, Bucs did win the NFC South division and a wildcard playoff game last season before falling to the Los Angeles Rams in the divisional round. When asked when he's retiring or why he's retiring from head coaching Arians said... Quote, with the organization in probably the best shape it's been in history with Tom Brady coming back, I'd rather see Todd in a position to be successful and not have to take some crappy job. i would probably retiring next year anyway in February, so I control the narrative right now. He went on to further say that Tom was the key when Tom decided to come back. And all these guys back now, it's the perfect timing for me to just go into the front office and still have the relationships that I love. His new role of the Bucks will be as senior football consultant. So, Trev, we typically don't see Super Bowl winning coaches leave a team so soon, at least not on their own accord. The fastest was Don McCafferty, who was fired 21 months after leading the Baltimore Colts to winning Super Bowl V in 1970. And then there was George Seifert, who was essentially fired two years after leading the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl in 1994. So Arian stepping away on his own just two years after the winning, after winning Super Bowl 55 is unprecedented. Trev, what are your thoughts on Arian stepping down and what's the impact of Todd Bowles stepping in?
0: Uh, shoot. My opinion is the timing is really, really weird. Um, but also it isn't because they had to make sure Tom Brady was coming back for sure um, mm-hmm. in order for this move to happen. I mean, it is what it is. If he if he thinks it's time to step away, it's time to step away. Like he's he's coached it for over, almost 50 years. He won a Super Bowl already, and mm-hmm. he actually did Todd Bowles a nice favor by setting him up for success. He sure did. Um, so I mean, I had thoughts of Bruce Arians. That's a classy move. Timing is weird. Everybody has something to talk about something. But um, I also heard he left because people were tired of him hitting his players in the helmet during <laughs> so, <laughs> Obviously, a bad <laughs> thing. Probably no, we can all I agree not. on that. But, <laughs> no, nah, but that's cool. But then this Todd Bowles, man, it's it's his second chance at coaching, at being head coach. Yep. He's a that's good right. defensive coordinator, but head yep. coach, not so much. He had that good year at the Jets, I think they were 10-6 and six or something, playoff first. Yep. But uh, honestly, now not he has a lot of pressure. That. From him. <laughs>
1: yeah, he has yeah. a lot of
0: pressure now. Like, yeah, he got set up, but, like, if you can't win with Tom Brady yeah. as your quarterback, ugh. I, oh, I about agree. Todd so,
1: that's yeah, my I do, I do agree with you though that this is all about Todd Bowles, not really about Bruce Arians. He he basically has accomplished what he wants to accomplish in his career, and it's not like he's going to stop working or anything like that. And right. I think he has a lot of respect for Todd Bowles, and he he wants to, he understands what the situation would be like if. He were to step down, and Brady were not to come back, and they don't manage mm-hmm. to re-sign or tag Godwin, and you know it just ends up being a rebuilding year. He's gonna get all the slack for that. But you're right, the pressure is on. I mean, we they have the players, they, they have the experience, and it's yeah. Tom Brady. If you come back and you don't make the playoffs with Tom mm-hmm. Brady, it's gonna look bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know? its it is. It'll look bad. It's going to look yep. worse than when those bad years in the Jets, because everyone expected the Jets to be bad. So this is not, you know, this is not that. Exactly. Uh, and I agree with you. He, he is a great defensive mind. It's still yet to be proven whether he can handle head coaching job and a head coaching position in the mm-hmm. right way. So it'll be interesting to me to see how he sorts all that out. But um, yeah, you know, I think it, it, hats off to Bruce Arians for stepping in giving Todd Bowles, basically the opportunity to show off what he can do. I think that's a good move.
0: All yeah. right,
1: let's go ahead and uh, and let's go ahead and ring the bell on that one because I, I want to get back. There's a couple other things here that are just going to be just, just they're big and I want to talk about that. But let's talk about this mega extensions for wide receivers that we've been seeing. It's amazing because Stephon Diggs finally got his deal. Uh, he got a deal to the Buffalo Bills where he agreed to terms on a four-year, 104 million dollar contract extension with 70 million in guarantees. He's now under contract with the Bills through 2027. Tyreek Hill, as we talked about last time, the Miami Dolphins agreed to a contract extension worth $120 million over four years, with $52.5 million on signing and $72.2 million guaranteed at the start of 2023. And that puts Hill there through 2026. And Devontae Adams signed a five-year contract with Vegas, to the tune of $141.25 million, or so $65.67 million in guarantees, making him, as we said before, the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. But if you look at the escape clauses there, you look really closely, you'll see that they do have an escape clause after three years. So theoretically, it's more like a three-year, 67.5 million dollar contract. So only 67.5 million dollars, Trev. That's like nothing, right? I mean, like, what are you gonna do with 67.5 for me, right? No, not I, not I mean, sure. yeah, but if someone gave you Trev, if someone gave you 67.5 million dollars, I mean, what would you do? You'd probably be like, oh, dude, what is that like one vacation? Or yeah, like, like one
0: vacation, maybe one full full <laughs> tank of gas with these gas prices these days. Oh so yeah, like, right, yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah, maybe, maybe,
1: Exactly. And if you have an SUV, forget about it. You might not even be able to fill your tank, you know? I mean, give me a break. <laughs> you know, but that—that that is some big dollars right there, my friend. So mm-hmm. uh, so Terry McLaurin, you know, he hasn't gotten his contract extension yet. He's likely mm-hmm. next up since he's sitting on uh, back-to-back 1,000-yard campaigns. And that's after oh. having played with eight different starting quarterbacks in Washington. He's currently under a four-year, $3.8 million contract, which is $1 million guaranteed, and he'll be a free agent next year. That sounds like such, like, that sounds like chump change, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it oh, it's only 3.8 million? What the heck is that? It's just, yeah. wow. <laughs> I'm having a trouble, again, wrapping my head around all these dollars, <laughs> mm-hmm. honestly. I'm like, can you imagine? What would you do with $120 million, Trev? Like, honestly. I, honestly, uh, I, I have
0: no idea because <laughs> I right. can't describe what I would do, probably. Yeah,
1: so. probably not. You know, I just don't know. I, I, don't, I don't shop anywhere where millions are necessary. I think that's that's the problem, right? I mean, like, (laughs) if it was $120, I'd still be pretty rich everywhere I go. So I don't, I don't even know what to do. (laughs) Anyway, so Trev, first of all, uh, what do you think about these mega extensions going to Diggs, Hill, and Adams? And then after that, tell me what you think this means for Terry McLaurin. Uh,
0: Devontae Adams deserves that. Um, Aaron Rodgers. "Quote unquote," said he deserves it too, but he took that away from him in Green Bay, so he went somewhere we could, he could get that
1: <laughs> right, right back
0: home and like with his college quarterback. So that he deserves that. Tyree Kills is the man in football. Um, he deserves that. We all his his highlights and his his play speaks for itself. Miami has all the money in the world, apparently, so might as well. So Tyreek Hill
1: basically went to Miami Dolphins, though, to just run wind sprints because nobody's going to get on the ball. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: All that money to run wind wind sprints, I'd do it too. Whatever. I'd do it too. Yeah, (laughs) hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, just sign me up. And then (laughs) Stephon Diggs, I think his numbers are where they need to be, $104 million for four years. I think that's good. He's not a light receiver, but he's also not like a stinker. He's a stud. He's a good receiver. $70 guaranteed. I like that number, which brings me to Terry McClure. And I think that should be probably around the same figure-wise as for Terry McClure. And, yeah, he's had back-to-back thousand-yard receiving, but he's also played with eight quarterbacks doing that, which is impressive. Yeah. Touchdown numbers are kind of low because our offense is kind of non-existent. Right. But he's just now getting his feet wet, so he can only – his ceiling is still pretty high. But I think that $100 million to $110 million – four to five year extension is what should happen with Terry make him like pay him, but don't overpay him because, you know, he's, I mean, he's still kind of unproven at the same time as
1: proven, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he's kind of, you know, I mean, just I would put him in the upper echelon of wide receivers in the NFL right now. You know, I I think like if you had to say, let's, let's, you know, if you had to pick 15 receivers, because there are a lot of really good receivers out there, I think Mm -hmm. he would make the top 15 pretty easily, I think so. yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those things where like, if you got one, you want to hold on to him. Um exactly. You look at who is behind him right now in Washington and it's not awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not. So pay that man, but also just be smart about it. Make yeah. it, you know, be smart about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's got another year, obviously. I, mean, they, I think he's going to get his extension um, after the draft because it would be interesting yeah. to see. What sure. Washington does in the draft. Because if they start and, drafting a bunch of young wide receivers, then it's questionable what's mm-hmm. going to happen.
0: It does need but one they, does need a receiver to pair with them. But also people are in a hurry for him to get extended now because everyone else is, but we got to wait till June 1st for the Landon Collins money to come off the, off the board. Right. So that, that gives us more money too. So we still have things to do to get more money, I believe, before, we make this extension happen and we just get Jonathan Allen. He, he signed his extension, his extension in July of last year. So like we, <laughs> I know everyone wants to get it done, but we right. sure plan on getting it done. So I'm not panicking just yet.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's pretty clear. They've been pretty clear about the fact that he's going to get his extension. It's just yeah. a question of how it's going to be sorted out at the end of the day. You know, I mean, I'm, I just don't think that there's mm-hmm. any, I don't think there's any concern that he's no. not going to be with Washington <laughs> for the long haul. It's just a question of what that dollar amount is going to be about. But, and I think what you're saying is that he probably will get near Stefan Diggs money is what you're thinking. Yeah.
0: I think that's a good starting for him. I really think Yeah. Four year,
1: 104 million contract extension. Yeah. Maybe the guarantees are a little lower. um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think he's going to, you know, honestly, I think that if they, they can do it right because he obviously, you know, he probably wants to be there and Mm -hmm. uh, he knows the fan base loves him. So mm-hmm. I think that if they they could probably get them for twenty million per year if they get them to a four or five year contract and that would yeah. be a steal in my opinion that would be a you know steal, honestly
0: yes I agree with you so
1: so uh, let's see what they do I mean it, it, a lot of it again is going to turn on what happens at the draft so clearly that's something that's going to have to be sorted first so speaking of which let's hit the bell on that one let's do our super quick read now because support for football garbage time comes from both manscaped and thrive fantasy use promo code garbage time at manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping on all orders and use promo code garbage time at thrive fantasy and receive a hundred percent instant first deposit match up to hundred dollars. Use garbage time everywhere you go. Just just put it in. I don't care what, what, what site yeah, you're on. Do it. Add it in. If it says it doesn't, doesn't apply, then make it apply. You know, just <laughs> complain to them. Tell them make garbage time apply. For goodness sake, give me a break. Awesome benefits. Show us your <laughs> care. Use it in Manscaped and Thrive Fantasy. All right. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and Northern Orleans Because we we're talking about the draft and what will happen there. And the Eagles really shook things up. They're apparently entered the uh, 2022 NFL draft with three first-round picks. But they shook things up big time. And now they have two first-round picks this year and two first-round picks next year. Thanks to a trade with the New Orleans Saints, the Eagles traded the 16th and 19th pick this year, both in the first round, and a sixth-round pick, which is 194 overall, in the 2022 NFL Draft to New Orleans in exchange for the 18th pick, okay, obviously in the first round, and a third-round pick, the 101st, and a seventh-round pick, the 237th. Philadelphia also receives, say, the Saints' 2023 first-round pick and the 2024 second-round pick. Wow, they're really just trading away the future there, those yeah. Saints. So, the Eagles still hold the 15th overall pick acquired from the Miami Dolphins in a 2021 trade to go with the 18th overall pick acquired by the Norland Saints, and the Norland Saints now have the 16th and 19th pick. So, lots of shake-up there, but the Eagles have two first-round picks next year and a sec- an extra second-round pick in 2024. So, Trev, tell me, what are your thoughts on who won this trade and what the Eagles we're trying to accomplish with this? <laughs> um,
0: they are setting themselves up for the future because yeah. they don't have the answer to that question right now. <laughs> I sure. agree. Jalen Hurts is their future in place right now. He's shown flashes of what he can do. Yes, his team made the playoffs. Let's be honest. Their running game made the playoffs last year. It wasn't anything that Jalen really did. Um, so he can prove it. He can be a mobile quarterback, but can he stand in the pocket, take some hits and make that throw? Can he – be the leader of that team and, you know, be the reason why they make the postseason, not to have to depend on the running game, which got a lot of credit and their defense, got a lot of credit. Um, they're setting themselves up for next year's quarterback draft. I believe, I think yeah. they're going to, they're going to build it. pieces around this year to That's go get it. their guy next year, whether it be a rookie or a, a, a veteran free agent to use some of those those uh, round draft, first round draft picks as collateral to, Get their guy, so that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, they're saying, oh yeah, Dan yeah, Hurst is the guy, but they have to say that. Who's going to come out here preseason and be like, I don't know what we're going to do a quarterback? We don't know. You, I mean, you're, they're saying the right things, but
1: behind the scenes,
0: they're setting themselves up for the quarterback of the future next year by getting all these yeah. picks this year to build around that.
1: Yeah, so. I totally agree with you. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And I think what they did, what they're doing is, it's smart because. You know, quite Mm -hmm. frankly, and we'll talk about this a little bit later because, you know, outside of Malik Willis, who could not buy any more hype at this point. He has so much hype. There really isn't much, you know, behind him. You know, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, all those guys, you know, they're fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe Jack Cohn is a great, you know, late, solid day three sleeper. But, you know, there's not, not, it's not exciting. It's not the top of the draft class. And we'll talk more about what's deep in in the draft a little bit later. But, you know, next year, though, you got D.J. Ugalele from, from Clemson. Mm-hmm. You got Bryce Young from Alabama. You got C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. I mean, there's other quarterbacks that are floating around out there, too. Hudson Carter, Texas. Haynes King at yeah. Texas A&M. Yeah. And Jackson from Utah. Harrison Bailey from Tennessee. Millie Hornsby from Arkansas. Evan Frater from Cincinnati. I'm running out of breath. There's just so yeah. many great quarterbacks that theoretically mm-hmm. will be in the draft in 2023 that it makes total sense to me that the Eagles are saying, you know what, Jalen Hurts, we did invest a pick on you, and we gave you a year, and you didn't really prove it was right or wrong, but here you go. Here's your clock. Click. You're on the clock. You know? You got one season to prove that we don't need to draft another quarterback. Uh, You do that, great. You know, we'll give you an extension. If you don't, we're all set (laughs) to draft our quarterback.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's smart. It's smart. It's smart on on. And, you know, let me ask you this. This is super weird to me because I never really thought about this before. When you look at it from just a 2022 perspective, you're like, wow, New Orleans really made off. They had two first-round picks for one. But the Eagles got two first-round picks as well. It was one in 2023, and then they got a second-round pick in 2024. And, honestly, that first-round pick in 2023 is just as valuable as the first-round pick yes, in 2022, it right? Yes, it it's not- is the value shouldn't differ because it's a different year, you know, oh, right? Man. I mean, round pick. exactly. Yeah. That's so. I thought. I I'm looking at that. And if you take out the years, man, the Eagles made bank on that deal, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like, holy crap. They got two first round picks, a second mm-hmm. round pick and a 6th round pick in exchange for, you know, a first round pick, a third round pick, and a seventh round. I mean, this doesn't seem like that was. I mean, that doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> you know, they got, they got they got job. I mean, like the the Saints. Whoa, man, they got jobs, man. I don't know what the what the deal is with them. But hey, uh, who am I? You know, I <laughs> maybe they they maybe maybe they see something that we don't see, and and we might I might be eating my words when the New Orleans Saints change that eighteenth round eighteenth pick in the first round into some superstar somewhere, whoever that might be. So who knows? Um, yeah, big, maybe there. big, maybe. All right. Well, some good thoughts there on that one. And I think that's totally uh, what's happening there. Let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that one and move on to our next topic. And that's just our thoughts on the upcoming NFL draft. And we already talked a little bit about this. Okay. And, and I, you know, I'll I'll just, I'll go first real quick, just to give you my kind of high end thoughts. You let me know what you think here, Trev, because we're getting close and quite frankly, um, everyone should tune in to our Twitter accounts next week because the eighth annual football garbage time, Twitter NFL mock draft is starting next week. And there'll be over 10 analysts and podcasters from around industry who are going to live mock draft on Twitter over the course of probably a week, the first two rounds. So you'll get to see exactly who we think and how all these other uh, pundits around the industry think about who's going to get drafted in the uh, 2022 NFL draft. And it's going to be really fun. It's going to be so much fun. But that being said, Give me your thoughts on the upcoming draft here. I, and I'll tell you what I was thinking. Because I, I, think, I think it's pretty clear that quarterbacks aren't the strength of this draft. It's, it's, to me, it's edge defenders, safeties, interior offensive linemen. They're probably the deepest position in the 2022 NFL draft, where skill positions such as quarterback, wide receiver, running back, not quite as deep. You know, I, I see mm-hmm. edge defenders like Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson II they're just like the top of the food chain. They're probably going to be big-time contributors right from the word go. And, of course, safety, everyone knows I love Kyle Hamilton, uh, and I've watched a ton of him play at Notre Dame. So I think that that's where a lot of the action is going to be. Um, and it'll be interesting to me from a perspective, and this is exactly in line with what we're just talking about, with what the Eagles are doing, where a do quarterback go in this draft? Because I wouldn't be surprised if outside Malik Willis that no other quarterback is drafted in the first round. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. by that in the least. Maybe one of them falls into a late first round pick, but there's so many quarterback needy teams. And yet I don't feel that there's a pull to get any of them aside from Malik Willis at this point. So what do you think here, Trev? What what are your thoughts on the upcoming NFL draft? What type of things you, you expect to see? What types of interesting things you have you noted so far? Do you agree with me with regard to, you know, my thoughts on how deep the positions are at edge defender and safety? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree with that, too. I also think that this draft is going to be kind of boring outside of the first round, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think right. the first round, a lot of big names that you just said are going to go off the board, and then the rest of the draft is going to be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him when he gets <laughs> drafted. <laughs> right. And it's not a bad thing, but it's, like, it's just like you said, nothing really stands out. Um, a lot of the de- defensive, it's a lot of depth on the defensive positions in this draft, like you said, edge defenders, safeties, corners. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't feel like it's a, it's gonna be anything exciting after the first round. Somebody is going to make a bonehead move and move yeah. up and draft one of these quarterbacks early. Yes,
1: that's it's not going I mean, yeah, to happen. I mean, it's going to Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think that might happen. That that'd be fun to see. I think because I love it when teams do something stupider than draining up from three to yeah. two to get Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, and you know, when yeah. when somebody does something dumber you know, than that, I'm excited. Okay. But um,
0: <laughs> other than that, I just it's going to be boring. I'm just excited to see what Wash is going to do at number eleven. Yeah, I'm um, excited fun. to see. Uh, it will be exciting to see where are these quarterbacks that were top dogs of their school, where they're yeah. going to go in the draft. Like it's going to be interesting to see where Sam Howell is going to go. It's going to be interesting to see where Matt Corral is going to go. With
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Injury. You know, it's not a big be exciting. But other Sam than Howell, that, yeah, another good one. Yeah. Like I don't I agree. even. You
1: know, just outside of that, it's going to be kind of boring. So. Yeah. You know, I think the problem is that, and and for right or wrong, right. Right. The most exciting people that we see drafted are obviously those skill positions, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, even though those, I mean, quarterback, obviously the most important guy on your team, but, you know, honestly, offensive tackle might be the second most important guy you draft on your team. Right. Yeah. You know, and and having a good edge rusher or a good safety is probably, you know, third, fourth, fifth, you know, best most important guy you get in your team because it's two things, right? It's, How do you keep the quarterback? It's the quarterback. Then how do you keep them safe? And how do you Mm -hmm. get to them? How do you disrupt them? Right. So those are the kind of the order. So those guys are really important and it's really deep. But I think, unfortunately, for the fan base, you're always looking for that big, you know, running back, that big wide receiver, you know, that that big play guy that on Mm -hmm. offense, which, you know, it's unfortunate, but um, that's what creates the splash right? When, yep. when the Jets trade up to take Mark Sanchez at five, you're yeah, like, I mean, like Oh, look at that. That's amazing. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, So anyway, let's get to our last topic of the day. Cause uh, we are running at the very end here. It's the new overtime rules of the playoffs. We talked a lot about this, about overtime rules and how they should be changed Trev earlier this year um, for good reason, because of all the stuff that was going on. But, let me, uh, let me recap it for anybody who hasn't seen it. There's new rules for playoff games that go into overtime. Both teams will now have an opportunity to possess the football. If the game remains tied after each team holds one possession, then sudden death rules apply, and the next score will win the game. Additionally, if the kickoff team scores a safety during the receiving team's first possession, the kickoff team will be declared the winner. So as for now, the new rule change only applies to the postseason. For some reason, regular season <laughs> overtime rules stay the same so trev what are your thoughts here on the new overtime rules for the postseason
0: i was watching on live when this news dropped and marcus spears was on there and he gave his sentiments and i agree with it his were this is this rule is about emotions and hurt feelings okay <laughs> it's about who's fair and who's not well here it is you had a chance because the defense lines up 11 people and the offense lines up 11 people there's your fairness right there you had right. four quarters to get the job done, 16 minutes yep. to get the job done. Okay, so now you, you tie, you're going to have to play an extra five minutes. Well, if you're on defense to start, your job is to stop the offense. If you can't do it, then you might want to restore your defense.
1: It is what it is.
0: <laughs> I mean, would somebody, would they change it if nobody cried about it like Josh Allen did? Like, would they have even uh-huh. make a consideration? So, like, it's just about pleasing one team and not everybody has to go through it. And here's my hot take on this. I bet you there will be no overtime games in the postseason. This will be <laughs> And it will
1: not even matter. It won't even, it won't
0: even matter. It won't even matter. So.
1: Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, up I mean, to this point, it, only two teams have uh, who, you know, in, in the overtime, only two teams that start on defense have ever won in overtime. Right. So I think that that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, and that's the challenge of defense, right? I mean, I think that's the yes. challenge of defense. Yes. So, That's right. um, uh... interesting. <laughs> that's a good hot take, Trev. I like that. How can we the other way? You convinced me. You convinced me that maybe we. Should, it doesn't matter. I, I was actually kind of excited about this. I'm like, oh, each team gets a. I mean, honestly, in, I'm, I'm. I just in my own self interest, I just want to see more football. So you right. know, you score you <laughs> yeah. try, I just want to see more football. Keep playing. Right. Keep playing for. It's like those BW three commercials where they just keep intentionally having overtimes. That's what yeah. I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Just yeah. keep playing. Yeah, you know. Unless it's my team who I want to win, I don't care. Just play football forever. That sounds awesome. I'm I'm in on that. <laughs> I can make as much nachos as you can play football, my friends. All right, so that makes it. That takes us to the end of the show. We're uh, at the half hour mark. That was a good one. Hit Airhorn on the show. Trev, give us your social media so people can follow you. Yeah, I'm on
0: Twitter at TrevHTTC. Hail to the Commanders. Uh, I'm on Football Garbage Time Podcast, Rep the District uh, Audiovisual, audio yeah. visual Podcast as well, Instagram, Trev underscore stores. Um, yeah, I'm everywhere. Just check me He's out. He's
1: everywhere and at Sky Bar, <laughs> so check him out there for sure. I mean, yeah. that's like, that's yeah. the real treat, you know? Have him serve you one of his signature cocktails. That's what you gotta yeah. do. You gotta do that. <laughs> well, you can follow me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time and on Facebook at the Best Football Garbage Time page. As always... Thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week.